0: Yo, yo, what is up? What is up? This is Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board, and I am super, super excited about this episode simply because I am sitting here in Toms River, New Jersey. I never even heard of Toms River before coming here, but I'm here in Toms River, New Jersey, sitting with Jake LaRavia, one of the top prospects in this NBA draft class. I'm excited about hearing his story and his journey. Stay tuned. All right, before we get started, I wanted to thank each and every person that has made the NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. It is because of you that this podcast is a success. So once again, thank you so much. All right, as promised, here is my interview with Wake Forest Jr., Jake LaRavia. Yo, yo, what up? This is Raphael, director Scotty, NBA Big Board. As you can see, I got a special guest here, Jake LaRavia, one of the biggest risers in this draft, I'll be honest. He was not someone that I saw as a potential first-round pick at this time last year. So let's let's just get right into it. This time last year, you were in the transfer portal. Yep. You decided to go to Wake Forest after leaving Indiana State. Honestly, did you see yourself being in this position?
1: I mean, yeah. I always had faith in myself to to get to this point. Um, you know, in my career. Uh, but Wake was able to, you know, really develop my game a lot, and uh, I think that's why I, had, uh, you know, chose to go there.
0: So when you say Wake developed or played a role in developing your game, what did they do that was different that put you in this position?
1: Um, I was able to, you know, show a lot more of my abilities uh, with a team. Uh, I played on a very good team this year, uh, Wake Forest, and um, I was really able to like showcase, you know, certain abilities that I might not have had in the past um passing ability you know playing defense shooting um just a lot of parts of my game that maybe people hadn't seen before
0: yeah i mean i feel like you showed a lot this year you showed ball handling obviously you can shoot the ball saw you bringing the ball to court from time to time i think your your cutting is underrated yeah like a very very good cutter um i like how you got a little bully ball in your game if you got a little guard against you you're gonna back them down So, I mean, you have so many different skill sets that you bring to the table. What do you think is, like, your, your best asset that you bring?
1: Um, just being able to be a mismatch pretty much um, wherever I'm at on the court. If I'm, if I'm playing, you know, the, the four man, I'll, I'll probably be able to, you know, it'll probably be a, a slower person. I mean, I'll be able to beat him off the wing, and, if, you know, I'm playing more of the guard position, then I'll have a smaller guy I mean, I can take him in the post and, you know, get busy down there.
0: Yeah, speaking of getting busy, so I've attended your workout the last – well, I mean, you had five workouts yesterday, yeah. so I got here late. Um, I flew all the way from Dallas to New York, got to New York, took a bus to Times River. That's how bad I wanted to see to see Jake, uh, to see his workout and get a chance to, you know, just get, get to know you. So I'm watching your workout this morning. And you were like for real getting busy, like I seen you dancing with the ball like that's something that I didn't see a whole lot of at at Wake Forest. So is there anything like in this pre-draft process that you want to show teams that you can do, even though you showed a lot this season? But is there more to your game that you weren't able to fully showcase?
1: Yeah, for sure. There's um, there's a lot to my game for sure that I, you know, uh, I feel like I I played a certain role at Wake Forest. I was definitely, you know, one of the players that, you know, had to score and, you know, get buckets every game but there's still certain things that you know i I didn't want to do during the game because you know at the end of the day i want to win and um you know when when i'm in workouts and i'm working on you know dribble step backs or off the dribble shots or anything like that um you know that's that's just kind of the stuff that i want to you know show teams that i can do as i can score however whatever way i want
0: yeah i watched a lot of your film and uh probably almost every Every play. And I, I knew that you had some offensive creativity as far as, like, creating your own shot. Mm-hmm. But the shots that you were working on today was, like, I mean, just shots that use tough shots, like spin moves, step backs. And I didn't know you had all of that in, in, in your bag or in your toolbox. Do you think, like, you'll have an opportunity to showcase that in, in the NBA or even in, even in the workouts? Do you think, 100%. like, if you're playing three-on-three three or two-on-two, two, you'll be able to showcase everything that you have
1: yeah i mean i'm definitely gonna be showcasing everything that i have when i go into workouts and um as i take this next step um just because you know i I just want to show teams that i'm able to do i'm able to you know create my own shot whatever it is whether it's a three a mid-range um you know a a mid-range you know post fade anything like that i want to be able to show i can you know score all three levels at a high level
0: so you shot the ball well this year from from three but i feel like just my opinion you've got better since the yeah. end of the season like what's a typical day like for you as far as the number of shots that you're getting up i mean i mentioned you did five workouts i heard five yeah um but for the rest of the day I'm, I'm gonna like see what a day is like for you but how many shots are you getting up a day
1: yeah we have four or five workouts a day but usually two of them are off the court whether it's you know a mobility strength exercise or like a field or pool workout um and but we usually have at least two on-court workouts and Um, I couldn't really guess how many shots I put up, but, um, it's, it's a lot for sure.
0: So what's a typical day like for you?
1: Um, wake up early morning. Uh, so like Tuesday, we, we woke up early morning. I got a field workout in at 7am right after that straight to the gym skills workout. Um, got a little bit of a break, then back to the gym for a strength workout. And then another skills workout right after that. And then, um, Go back to the gym late night for a late night uh, basketball workout as well.
0: See, that's what I saw. So I saw yeah. the late workout. Right. It was like at nine o'clock. Yeah. And you got up. I'm, I'm guessing four or five hundred shots. Yeah. And I was impressed with like your conditioning because if you had did all of that earlier in the day, <laughs> and one <wanted laughs> to come back late at night. You I mean? I think a lot of guys would be done after two or three workouts. But then you still had the legs. Your shot looked good. So I'm like, man, if you if you shot that well after four workouts at night, I imagine like it's going to look even better, yeah. better, better in the day. So you, you mentioned like a typical day. Like, how has this draft process been for you?
1: I mean, it's been really exciting. Um, it's it's just a new journey in my life. And, you know, I've been, I've been dreaming about it for a long time. And, you know, it's it's finally starting to, you know, come in and. I've never really been able to focus just on basketball workouts. You know, I've always had to, you know, focus on school as well. So kind of just being able to, you know, work out four or five times a day. um, It's really helped, especially my conditioning. You talked about that Uh, the first week I was here. Just, you know, my conditioning, I was just getting used to it, obviously. But uh, now now I'm definitely almost in peak shape. I'm I'm pretty much there. Well,
0: it's late April now. You are around two months away from your life changing. H- has it, has it fully hit you yet?
1: I wouldn't say it's fully hit me. Um, I'm still kind of like locked in on on the process and actually getting there. Um, but it, it's it, it's exciting. Everything's coming into fruition, and, and I I'm excited
0: for it. So you're you're in Tom's River, not LA. You're not in Miami. You're not in New York. Why why Tom's River? I mean, this is a place that's. I mean, I'm looking out and it's a nice river in the background it's not a place where there's a lot of distractions. Was that by, by choice to just be somewhere where you can just lock in and just focus on, on basketball?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is my type of scene. You know, it's not real big city. I can, I can lock in on basketball and <clears throat> not have to worry about anything else, so it's good.
0: All right, so like I said, we're a, a couple of, of months away from, from the draft. If I'm a GM, all right, let's just put you on the hot seat here. I'm the general manager. <laughs> Of a team, I have a first-round pick, and I'm interviewing you and everybody else that is on the board. What what do you bring to the table? Like, why you? Uh,
1: I mean, I feel like wherever you throw me, I can I can exceed in that role. I think I'm a perfect role player, and um, I'm an all-around player. I can do everything, so that's why I'm a, I'm a coach's player too. So wherever the coach wants to put me, I think I'm I'm good for it. So, and I want to win games. I'm a winner. Um, I have a lot of passion for basketball. So
0: you are from. Indianapolis. Indiana's like a big basketball state. When you think of Indiana, you think of basketball. My dad is from Indianapolis. I remember as a kid going there and seeing every house in the suburbs, of course, every house had a basketball court or a basketball hoop in their yard. How has growing up in Indiana shaped you as a, as a basketball player?
1: Yeah, I mean, you're right. I feel like in Indiana, you know, everyone just lives and breathes basketball. Um, there's a very good culture around it, and I think it's the right culture. Um, uh, you know, speaking of, you know, hoops in front of yards, I had one in my driveway. I was out there every night. You know, it's just basketball is different in Indiana and that, you know, that's just how we like it. Um, it's good.
0: All right, before I get into the next round of questions, I wanted to talk to you about Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. You can find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the major league baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports and more. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Once again, shout out to each and every person that has made this NBA Big Board podcast a success and in your first listen of the day. Now, I'd advise you for your second listen to check out the Locked On Now podcast. The Locked On Now podcast gives you nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from my local experts. It is free and it is available wherever you get your podcasts. And it is also on YouTube. So how did you end up at Indiana State?
1: Yeah, so out of high school, I was just super under-recruited. And I was originally committed to Southern Illinois, Edwardsville, actually. And um, the coach there had actually got fired. So I, you know, decided to decommit. And then um, Indiana State was the first one to reach out to me, and that was, uh, you know, Coach Lansing. And, uh, you know, I I felt like I connected with him, so I decided to commit to Indiana State.
0: Do you feel like you were a late bloomer or just underrated or a combination of both?
1: Yeah, I would say a combination of both. You know, like, I don't think my size, you know, really got there until um, junior, senior year. I had a, I had a huge growth spurt from sophomore to junior year where I grew from like six foot to six six so that helps obviously and um, just like exposure level like I really didn't get a lot of opportunities in high school to be able to you know showcase my talents at the at the top level I played for like a a super under the radar AAU team that you know really not a lot of people you know know and um, you know AAU is definitely one of the biggest places to get recruited from and so when when you don't play on one of those top teams it's harder
0: so was it by choice to not play one of those top teams where you being loyal to to a team that had been there from day one because a lot of guys you know they they'll start off on one team but their goal is i need to get on the
1: sneaker circuit team yeah so um i started on the team my freshman year when you know i still you know was becoming a a better basketball player i was i was only like five ten, and um is my coach was rick thomas and um you know, I, wanted, I was loyal to him. That's that's how I usually am with coaches. And, you know, when it, when it got to the junior year, you know, I, I had thought about going to a higher team, but I, I wanted to stick with him, and that's what I ended up doing.
0: Do you feel like it's benefited you in a sense that you weren't, like, highly touted, highly regarded? You weren't reading about yourself on, like, all the top black basketball blogs? Do you think that has kind of, like, Driven you or pushed you to where you are today because you've I mean you can go back and look and I don't you know Want to mention names, but you can go back and look at your high school graduation yeah. class and see guys that were So much more High, I mean they were I mean bigger better recruits at the time yeah. and you've passed them up. So do you think? Like that hunger of, of being like underrated pushed you to where you're at today
1: a hundred percent You know, it's like the chip on your shoulder yep. and uh, you know I've played with that my whole life kind of always been the underdog but, you know, that's my favorite thing to do. That's my mentality all the time. And uh, th- that's how I play. I play with a chip on my shoulder.
0: So, and again, this is go back to your question. So you, you've been like this underdog or under the radar your whole life. Then you transfer to Wake Forest. At the beginning of the year, you know, it, it's not really making a ripple of, like, high-impact transfers in a sense. And then your name just starts to go. You know, it's buzzing and buzzing and buzzing. So now you're literally in, like, one year going from under the radar to I think you're a first-round pick. I, I made the mistake I've had you at 32 on my last mock, <laughs> which <laughs> I have you as a solid first-rounder on, on the next one. So, like, again, how how does that feel? Does it feel like, all right, all the work I've put in is paying off? Like, what's, what's going through your, your mind?
1: Uh, yeah, 100%. It's just like... Finally being able to see that all all the hard work that I've that I've been putting in for so many years, it's it's finally coming into fruition and you know everyone's starting to really see, you know, who Jake LaRavia is and um, you know, it's something that I've always wanted, something I've always dreamed of. And you really don't know what's gonna happen until it happens. And yeah, yeah. and that's kind of how this whole process has been. Like I always knew I could do this, but you know, it's happening now, and you know, I, I finally see it.
0: So let's go back to like your childhood and your development because you're 6'8", but you can do so many different things. How did you develop that? Was it like somebody put the ball in your hands when you were younger? I know you said you had a growth spurt. Is that, yeah. is that the reason why you have the guard skills and the, the feel and the passing? Yeah, all the way
1: up until I'd say junior year of high school, I was I was a point guard because I was like middle school. I was probably like 5'8", five, 5'9". So, you know, I was playing PG there, ball was always in my hands, you know, so I was able to develop those guard skills. And as I got taller, you know, I was able to develop the post skills and then they combined when I got into college and I just had the whole bag.
0: are your are your parents tall? So did you know you were gonna be tall?
1: Yeah, so uh both my parents are six two and um my older brother was always tall, so I figured I would be tall
0: too. Um so yeah height just, height just runs well in my family it's weird though like if two parents are five two they're not gonna produce a kid that's five eight <laughs> but if two parents are six two yeah. it's it's so weird how, yeah it definitely how works. that happened. Yeah. so so really was it just like intentional for you to play point guard and know you're gonna hit a growth spurt or were you just playing point because you had to yeah i
1: think i was just playing point because i i mean i was i was little and i was frail so there's really nowhere else you could put me so um but, I mean, it all worked out at the end of the day, so I'm glad that that happened.
0: So do you think you can play some point forward in, in the next level?
1: hundred um, percent. You know, I think, you know, some of the skills and, you know, parts of my game that, that are able to excel are going to be, like, the passing ability, you know, just my court vision overall, like, the IQ that comes with it. Um, and that's why I think, you know, I, I would be able to play point forward.
0: It's funny you say that because, I mean, I've watched enough basketball and I've seen where you know, you listen to a game and you're like, oh, this guy used to be a, a point guard because he's tall. And you're like, I don't see the skills. Yeah. But for you, it, it makes sense because, like, some of the passes you make, like, not just assists, but like the way you move the ball. Or yeah. like, I, I've seen where you got the ball on a short roll and, and yeah. you then you hit the cutters. Like, you have the feel and IQ of someone that used to make decisions, still, or, you know, or, used to having the ball in their hands and making decisions while some guys i just don't see it so yeah. so that so that makes a lot of sense coming coming into this off season i don't even know if it's an off season because you're not really <laughs> taking a break but what is your your main goal or focus to to improve on um probably just
1: working on my body but also you know getting a tighter handle i think that's been the biggest thing for me i know at wake eye. I want to say i struggle with it but um you know there was a lot of times where i would have turnovers just off me losing the ball myself so just being able to get a tighter handle is, i mean it's always good for so like at any level you have to be able to handle the ball yeah. um so getting a tighter handle you know perfecting my shot um working on my body get getting to that peak shape you know all all of it's working out
0: yo can you believe summer is coming and with summer coming up you are going to need some food for the go and Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. You can throw them in your bags, and your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you are fueled for your summer adventures. And the best part about Built Bars is that they are healthy and delicious. There's no more sacrificing delicious food for health. With a Built Bar, you can actually have both, and it is easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order right now all the Built Bars and their puffs are covered with 100% real chocolate. So that means with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy it. But have you tried the puffs yet? People are going crazy over the puffs. They come in flavors like banana cream pie and even churro. Who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like a churro? And they're only 140 calories. So if that's not enough for you or not enough flavor, you may want to try the mixed box that has both. The mixed box contains up to 12 flavors of built bars and puffs built bar make sure that there is something for everyone and you know what my favorite flavor is It's just the white chocolate cookies and cream if you've been listening you know that's my favorite flavor I mention it all the time and most built bars contain 130 calories 4 grams of sugar 4 net carbs and 17 grams of protein now if you compare that with a candy bar it usually has around 240 calories 30 grams of sugar and dozens of net carbs, but if you go to Built.com, you can get all your favorites from banana cream pie to raspberry, double chocolate, so many more. They're all delicious. New flavors are coming out all the time. Check them out at Built.com, and I have a special offer for you. If you go to Built.com now and you use the promo code LOCK15, you get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCK15, and you will get 15% off at Built.com. So here's something about you that was really interesting to me. You you took a, a step up in competition. So you played against, I mean Duke has maybe five guys that can get drafted. But I feel like you got better as your competition got better. Is that something that, that you've noticed or, or was it having better teammates, or what was it that that made you, or was it your work you put in last off season?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I mean, I think it's a combination of everything. It's just like the work I've put in all together, but you know, also being at this level, you have to you know perform at a higher level as well. And um, it, I mean, it's also with this team. Like the the team I played with this year at Wake was was amazing, and we had so many so many pieces and so many talented players that. Made, made my life easier, made, made me look, you know, the way I did because we just had so many aspects that we could, you know, that we could go to.
0: So let's let's get back to the draft in a sense. When was the first time you saw your name mentioned as an NBA draft prospect?
1: Probably after the Duke game. It was the first time I really started to notice. Anyway, or maybe after the UNC game.
0: Anyway, I mean, those are obviously two of the yeah. – So what was it about – both games that, that you felt that kind of put you on the map? Um, well, I
1: had the 30-point double-double against UNC, and I was only, like, one of four or so players that had ever done that. Um, you know, and that kind of started, you know, creating some buzz around my name and then having 19 and 10 at Duke. Um, off like I had, like, a couple three-pointers that game, so that helps. You know, just being able to when, – when you're playing against teams like that that are, you know, nationally known all the time um, – you're, you're gonna get you know more buzz off that
0: so I like to ask like probably some of the weirdest questions but you know you're going from Indiana State and you knew that you were taking a bump up by going to the ACC yeah. so like how was it playing in like these legendary arenas like you know the the fans did you feel like okay this is big time college basketball here
1: yeah uh, playing at Cameron was easily the best college experience I've had um like, those are my favorite kind of atmospheres. You know, the students were talking the whole game. Uh, they were saying a lot of stuff to me, whether it was pre-game or during the game. Um, but easily, Cameron was the, was the best experience.
0: So I like to, I mean, I guess just ask questions to show like the human element in it, you know, because of course, everybody wants to talk about the basketball, so, but I know like going in a camera, like who, who doesn't dream about that as, as a kid that, plays basketball playing in that environment and playing against coach K and all of that and then like for you having a good game against Duke and all that so when you first saw your name on like draft boards what was your like were you like yeah this is this is I belong here or was it a shock to you or what um it's more like
1: you know I had the the aha moment like people are people are starting to take notice like people
0: are really starting to like find out who I am so so, it's like the, the hard work that you put in. Yeah. All right. So, again, we're, we're two months for the draft. You mentioned that, you know, what you're looking to, to work on. So, draft day. You get picked up by a team. What's the first thing you're going to buy? You should get your first check, of course.
1: <laughs> I mean, I've always said I'm going to get my dream car, which is a BMW i8. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I think a car would definitely be my first.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm thinking if it were me, I, I would definitely buy a car first. <laughs> my mom and dad already got their house. Right, so, right. So I I buy a car. Well, man, I, I, I thank you for, for coming on the NBA Big Board Podcast, letting the audience get a chance to, to know you. I've been following you all season. I can't lie and say, like, I knew you were the guy <laughs> three or four years ago. But I, I like – kind of underdog stories because again, like you weren't the guy that everybody praised. You weren't the guy yeah. that kinda of got spoiled in the process. You worked and worked and worked and I feel like I can kinda of relate to that because I'm living out my dream. You're living out yours, but it's it's work behind it. Right. And so, you know, nobody knew who I was a year ago. So right. all right, man, thank you for yep. coming on. Appreciate you for having me. Yep, no problem. All right. That was Jake LaRavia. I'm Raphael Barlow. Thank you for tuning in. We're out. Once again, shout out to Jake here for taking time out of his crazy busy schedule for coming on this podcast. Thank you, the listeners, for making the NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. Now, I would suggest you check out the Locked On NBA Podcast. From the first jump ball of the play-in tournament to the last possession of the NBA Finals, the Locked On experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. So check it out, it's also on YouTube, check it out. Once again, this is Raphael Barlow, Director of Scouting for NBA Big Board. Check out the NBA Big Board Newsletter. I'm going to give you some behind the scenes access with Jake, also Kevin McCullough Jr. as they prepare for the NBA Draft. Again, I went to Toms River, New Jersey, brought my camera, set it up, it was just basically a fly on the wall, followed them as they worked out. All of this is coming up on the NBA Big Board Newsletter coming out soon. And then tomorrow, I have Kevin McCullough Jr. from Texas Tech. he just entered the transfer portal, but he is preparing for the draft. I think that he could be one of the real sleepers, has a specific role as a defensive playmaker, one of the best defensive players in the country last year, who has a little bit more offensive game than he's been able to show. He will be on tomorrow, so stay tuned. Again, Rafael Barlow, NBA big boy. If you hear the excitement in my voice, it's because I am living my dream. You know, I, I dreamed about being in this position just years ago. So, pardon the excitement. Once again, Rafael Barlow. I know I keep saying that. I am out.